Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello there and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Joe Rimmer and today we're going old school. We've got the phone in the middle of the table in an office here in the Echo offices at Old Hall Street in the centre of Liverpool. And I'm joined by three very fine men, um, starting on my left with Ian Doyle. How are we, Ian? Okay. It's interesting to do a podcast in Liverpool while we're all in the same room. Yeah, it's um, it's a novelty, isn't it? It's nice. Yeah. Tom Cavilla, how are you? I'm okay, yeah. Apart from uh, Ian Doyle writing my name in permanent marker. Yeah, well, I don't think we have time to provide the context to that for, for podcast listeners, but uh, I think Tom is a bit shaken up. And Kiefer, quick Donald, how are you? Very well, thank you. Very well. Yeah, sure, sweet. Well, let's, um, let's get into it. Um, Ian, we'll start with you. Um, you and Tom were at um, Jürgen Klopp's press conference today um, at the AXA training ground. Um, to be honest, I think everyone was just waiting on one question, really, weren't they? Jude Bellingham, um, Liverpool ending their pursuit of him this week and um, what did Klopp have to think of it he, he compared it to a, a five year old child wanting a Ferrari for Christmas so um, mm. yeah it was an interesting one wasn't it Tony well to be fair I think if you were a five year old child it would be a bit weird if you didn't want a Ferrari for Christmas because they are very good cars however as Klopp pointed out <laughs> okay, from A to B exactly yeah <laughs> Klopp pointed out you, you, you're not getting one not least because you're about 12 years off being able to drive certainly in England um, but yeah it was interesting actually because he, he he said straight off, didn't he? he says, look, I don't want to talk about it. And then he got asked another question and he proceeded to talk about a situation which, if it wasn't Jude Bellingham, it was something very, very similar to it. Bellingham. And he basically said what everyone's written anyway. Basically, we've only got a certain amount of money. We can't just spend it all on one player. Or if we could, do, well, we, he could do but they decided they didn't want to. And it's, basically, it's as simple as that. As I say, he didn't actually mention Duke Bellingham by name, but the inference, obviously, is what we've always known, is that they've been interested in him, they've done a lot of groundwork on the signing, but ultimately the situation at Liverpool's changed over the past six to nine months, and the situation with Duke Bellingham's changed over that period as well, which has meant that they've looked at it and gone, well, look, we're not going to be able to afford this player, even though we want him an awful lot. And also then be able to afford all the other stuff that we now need to do to the squad in terms of rebuilding it, getting in all the midfielders, you know, and other areas of the team that, that possibly need improving. So they've taken uh, what, looking at the face of it, is a sensible decision, but obviously for a lot of supporters and some journalists, it has to be said, who work for Liverpool Echo called Paul Ghost, who, who aren't quite <laughs> so happy about it. Joe, I don't think you're, no, I mean, no, you, no. you're not too happy about it. But unfortunately, that's the, that's the situation it is. Liverpool don't have limitless funds like Manchester City and Chelsea, Newcastle and to a certain degree Manchester United. They have a set budget and over the past six months it's become clear that one, there's not going to be as much money next year because they're not going to be in the Champions League and of course because they're not going to be in the Champions League they're going to have to sign more players to get themselves back in it so it's uh, almost like right back where you started with for Jurgen Klopp back in 2016 when they uh, didn't win the Europa League final, didn't get into the Champions League you had to work from there, and it's fair to say it worked out quite well then. And while the market has changed and prices of players have gone up, but so too has the amount of money that Liverpool are making, so it's kind of that kind of evened itself out in a, in a certain degree. But for anybody that wanted Liverpool to sign Jude Bellingham this summer, looks like it's not going to happen, unless something remarkable happens, which, you know, we've been in this, well, I have been in this business long enough to know you can't rule 
absolutely everything out. But it would still be a surprise, especially because unless Liverpool gets some more investment in the very near future, they need to use the funds they've got significantly in the right way. And that's going to be on two or three other midfielders. So, Tom, mm-hmm. the, the argument from many fans is that, say, a five-year-old Jürgen Klopp wants a Ferrari for Christmas. Father Christmas, what's he called in, in German? Um, no? Anyone? No, I don't know. I did German at GCSE as well. It's but. bad because I went to Cologne this Christmas and, and um, I, I didn't know his name. But that, anyway, that my, my analogy is, is going to fall apart here if I don't continue quickly. But five-year-old Jürgen Klopp... Hair Christmas. Hair Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Five-year-old Jürgen Klopp wants his Ferrari for Christmas, but Hair Christmas has written back to him couple of years previously and said look you're not getting anything for Christmas this year or you can have something very small because we're saving up to get you a very special present in two years time and that would be the argument for many fans is that they they thought that Liverpool would be putting the funds in place to be able to afford a Jude Bellingham is that fair? Um, yeah I think so because throughout the whole time it's looked like it's been kind of building up to Liverpool signing in the sort of hinting at last season, the lack of signings in midfield and signing Artemelo on deadline day, which also felt very panicked and you know kind of tying into the idea that Liverpool were waiting for the right player, couldn't get it. So that kind of felt like a signing. I would just get him in, you know, as a as a backup option, and then he'll be going in the summer anyway. And then it kind of felt okay. Now it's all going to turn towards Bellingham. Arthur's going. It was it wasn't really a massive. Risk. I mean, I guess they'll kind of regret it now because of the the wages he'll he'll be on at Liverpool, and given the fact he's barely played any games, um, probably was a little bit pointless in the end because he hasn't even featured. Um, but yeah, it did kind of feel like it was gearing up towards signing Bellingham this summer, and now that it looks like that's not the case, it does feel a bit wasted. I guess that period where it was like, well, we could have sign some players then if you weren't going to go and sign Bellingham after all of this so yeah I get the frustration with it because you know Liverpool have missed out on other players of that quality and there's been times we say okay that's fair enough you know they, they you know Sancho people like that the Liverpool didn't need Haaland they were never probably going to sign him anyway but if you're then to miss out on Bellingham it feels like another player that's going to be you know a, a massive talent for the next 10 years it's it's going to be quite hard to take I think because look at Haaland at City and when they signed him that was kind of like viewed as a signing you know that's a once in a well decade kind of opportunity to sign mm-hmm. someone like that Mbappe is another one whoever gets him next where he go, wherever he goes or who stays and I think if you missed out on Bellingham it's that's like a massive opportunity missed and all Liverpool can try and spin it into a you know, positive in terms of you know we can't afford him or we're going to turn our attention to other players it does kind of feel like they've let it slip a little bit because everything it's kind of pointing towards it being a really good match for Bellingham mm-hmm. and for Liverpool so the, I, I know they can point at the finances and say that's the problem but when you haven't signed midfielders over that two year period you can kind of understand why there's frustration with it. Yeah, and the other element to this, Kiefer, is that, of course, Liverpool, if they, and, and look, I don't even think that Champions League money would make a difference. I don't think, let's say, a miracle happened in the final eight games and they, they, they qualified. I don't think they'd go out and buy June Bellingham. But if it is about money and if it is about league position, then Liverpool... Some of this damage is self-inflicted by by perhaps being a bit more restrained in the transfer market and not freshening up their midfield two years ago, one year ago. They've left themselves in a place where they do need several players rather than the one big money signing that Jude Bellingham would be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you look at it from that perspective, like, you know, in isolation, I think, you know, Klopp's comments today then probably do make sense in terms of, you know, Liverpool being this five-year-old who, who probably don't need this, you know, this you know, this luxurious player who, who at the moment they, they need bodies of of quality, yes, but you know, not that absolute world class quality, like you say, they're not not kind of sprinkling the, the final touch to their midfield. It is gonna be a you know a big overhaul and, and, and kind of learning to walk again and baby steps this summer. So, you know, from that perspective if they you know, for, for name's sake if they went out and got someone of a, a Declan Rice's kind of class, if you're kinda of looking at you know someone about pounce on in a team who's going down or at the bottom end of the table and then you know, if you look at someone like a Yuri Tielemans or like a, a Nunes who's at Wolves and or Mason Mount, you think you know you get a combined, you know, two or three midfielders there. I think 
you know, in isolation. Again, I think that would be a really good summer for Liverpool. But I think the problem now is is kind of how they've reached this conclusion. It, like you say, it feels very self inflicted. Of, you know, obviously, you know, Klopp said didn't he last last summer? He said the only problem with Bellingham is that he wasn't available, and and then obviously I think a few weeks later he, he obviously kind of referenced the the golden cow. I think it was when he was talking about the midfielders and and kind of you know, um, went through all his options that he had, and and I think, you know, probably the frustration part is. For a lot of people, is you know, you hear this phrase all the time of like you strengthen from a position of strength. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, people always reference the the, the window after the, the Champions League when where they signed um, Adrian and Seth Vandenberg, and and I think the year after, you know, obviously they signed Jota and Thiago after winning the Premier League, and obviously it is really hard to, to win, you know, to, to do that. I think was saying to Sean the other day, apart from Real Madrid, I think the last team to to win the European Cup back to back was Milan in, in the early yeah. 90s, late 80s. So, you know, if it was that easy, every team would be doing it. But, you know, it does feel, you know, with, with the Bellingham kind of saga that, you know, has dragged on now for, you know, 12, 18 months, it does feel that maybe people have been been led down a blind path in terms of, you know, the the messages that have, you know, even from the manager and the way he talks about the player who isn't his, for, for someone who's normally quite tight-lipped mm-hmm. and coy, he's been quite, you know, full in his praise and public as well. And, and obviously, people joined the dots together, and and obviously knew that Real Madrid and and, and Manchester City would also be in in that conversation for Bellingham. But I think there was real a real sense of you know if they if they get the bare minimum of top four, which Klopp always alludes to on a financial scale, you know they they would obviously you know be in some kind of conversation you know where whatever that would be at the end of the season, and and then to ultimately kind of miss out now, and obviously they can reference that they they maybe. You know you can't plan for players like Fabinho dropping off and and, and even Henderson to a degree and. And obviously they, they might have thought one of the, the lads in terms of Cater and Oxley Chamberlain might have extended their stay. So obviously it's probably a, a bigger revamp than they probably envisioned twelve months ago. But it's I think I think it's the that that trust maybe now that has, has probably been yeah. damaged. I think like I say, in isolation it, it can prove to be a good decision. Maybe one that Liverpool, you know, they might not be thankful for it now, but in four or five years, you know, when they've got players as you know, who will be coming into their prime and, and, and they might have a good resale value and, and that kind of thing, you know. So from that perspective it, it will be good. But I think you know, just the way it's kind of all panned out has, has maybe left a bit of a, a sour taste. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, I mean, we used to trust Liverpool's, Doyle, we, we used to trust the Liverpool's transfer committee or the people in charge of transfers at Liverpool implicitly, didn't we? I mean, there, there was a time when it felt like they barely got a deal wrong, that even when they took big chances, not signing a centre-half before Van Dijk came in, um, that selling Coutinho and not buying a replacement they got those deals right um, I still would feel that most players Liverpool sign there hasn't been many flops as they're really you know they, they sign good players is it just a case of rebuilding that trust and, and, and them going out in the summer and buying one or two players that then convince supporters that they didn't need Bellingham in the well, first place whether you trust the recruitment team or not is irrelevant whether or not any of us trust it it's whether Klopp and the recruitment mm-hmm. team even trust the back in the getting from FSG and whether or not Klopp can trust the recruitment team as well or vice versa, really. It's all about all working together. It doesn't really matter what we think. You look at the so many teams where players have been bought and you go, well, why have they just signed in? It's like you can go back to, I don't know, say when they were meant to sign, uh, there was a couple, basically 2016, where they signed one album. Yeah. And loads yeah. of people were like, why have signing one album? What's the point in that? He played for Newcastle, wasn't particularly mm-hmm. great there. They got relegated, and that worked out quite well. You know, Manny to a certain degree, yeah. Salah as well. You know, these kind of players. It's only when you've got the likes of Van Dyke and Alisson who were like, you knew quite well that they're top level players, which is what Bellingham falls under. Yeah. But Van Dyke cost 75 million five years ago, Alisson cost 65 million four years ago. So that's why Bellingham now is going to be cost upwards of hundred million pounds. Don't forget though, even Van Dijk wasn't at the time considered. Well, let's not forget. Let's not forget. Hang on, people hang on, said at the time he was expensive. Well, well, well they did, but don't forget that the reason he was that expensive because everybody wanted yeah. to sign him. Yeah, yeah, that's the reason. Um, Alisson the same to a certain degree, but I think he'd already played in the World Cup and obviously played in the Champions League semi final. You knew how good he was going to be. Well, we did concede seven goals in that. In that. So, <laughs> yeah. just goes to show, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he did save another seven. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I think, in terms of the trust, I mean, obviously, the fans want to trust that they want to trust them, but ultimately, it doesn't really matter. It depends on what the relationships are like within the club, and that's the thing that people should be more concerned about. Um, not that I'm saying they should be concerned now, but 
I saw something that uh, recently that somebody had written something about Liverpool had been the recruitment team had been warned that the team was getting old. Well, a couple of things on this one. It would be a miracle if they weren't getting old. Because, you know what I mean? It's like every single, you know, everybody listening to this, just listening to me prattling on, is getting older by the second. Yeah, probably feels even more than that. Um, but look at the signings that they've made over the past few years. They signed Gakpo for forty odd million pounds in uh, in January. He's like twenty three, is he? Twenty two, twenty three. And you go back, Canati, Nunes, Cavalio. Okay, he's not played that much. Um, Jota, can't remember how old, 24 was he when they signed Diaz, 25, or just turned 25. There's only Thiago, is the only one that, and and he is, there you go, he is somebody who has proven quality, yeah. and, they didn't, and they didn't spend an absolute fortune on him either, really, if we're, if we're being honest. So, I don't necessarily think that Liverpool are getting it wrong in that sense, but the problem you've got now is because Liverpool have become that good and the expectations are that high, the amount of people that you can then buy. Is a lot smaller or a lot more expensive, and in some ways they've been punching above the weight in terms of the recruitment, in terms of how relative to how much they're spending, which is exactly why Fenway Sports Group wanted to get in new investments, still do because they've kind of realised that themselves can't compete with Newcastle, Chelsea, City, and pretty soon United as well when it comes mm. to those kind of players. So it's back to smart recruitment, and unfortunately, the smart answer. To the Bellingham situation this summer is not to sign him because that's not what Liverpool need at the moment. Now, would Bellingham make Liverpool better and would he be a great player wherever he's going to go? Well, almost certainly, yeah. Yeah. But Liverpool need more than that, as has been pointed out by the by the other lads. And that's just unfortunately a, a consequence of lots of stuff that's happened at the same time, which they couldn't have foreseen 18 months ago when they first started trying to sign Bellingham. Because they were never going to sign him last year mm-hmm. because there's no way Dortmund were going to sell. Uh, sell Harlow and Bellingham in the same so when we, we wrote the piece didn't we that was absolutely ages ago mm-hmm. wasn't it saying there's no I think it was 18 months ago so we've known for ages that they wanted to sign him but you know you don't sign every single player and now Liverpool have to just as Klopp said they've just got to crack on now and look at signing the others because it's only another two, what, less than two months before the end of the season Klopp wants his players in early so that's probably why a couple of weeks ago Klopp said in the press conference, he said, yeah, we've had positive talks over regarding players and transfers and the positive talks were probably, right, we know exactly, it may not come across as positive that they're not signing Bellingham, but positive in a sense, right, we're not doing that, we are doing this, mm-hmm. let's get on with this and let's just carry on doing what we're trying to do. So it's the same in any kind of business or job. Once you actually know what you're doing and you've got a target, you can get on with it. Hang on, do you know what you're doing? Filling <laughs> <laughs> space yeah. is what I'm doing. <laughs> well, well, Tom, let's try and just attempt to draw a line under Bellingham for this podcast at least. So just finishing off, Jamie Carragher, I don't know whether you've had a chance to see it in the Telegraph today, has um, written his column and he's really, I mean, been very, very critical of Liverpool and their planning. Um, but one thing he does say, and it, and it alludes to what you've just said as well, Doyley, is um, it set them back to, to 2016 and sort of starting again under Klopp and... And Doyle, you've just said it there, smart recruitment. Liverpool need to, to recruit smart. And whilst everyone's hung up on Bellingham, smart recruitment has served Liverpool very, very well in the years under Klopp. And I think back to 2016 and think, well, it wasn't long before they got to a Champions League final. They came second in the league. Then they, they obviously went better in, in both of those areas. So is this really more of a PR disaster for Liverpool than it is an actual sporting disaster? Uh, hmm. A little bit. I think it would be sporting disaster in the sense that if he goes to Man City, for example, and then Liverpool are trying to compete against Man City with Jude Bellingham, Kevin De Bruyne and Rodri in midfield, Haaland in attack, I think that's when it will really become like more of a problem because if Liverpool fans see him go to City in the summer, you can imagine like the reaction that's going to bring. Mm-hmm. Um you but they've always been up against that. They have. They've always but, been up against. Yeah, but I just think wherever he goes, they're just going to that team is going to be strengthened massively. So if Liverpool, how do you know he's going to go anywhere? He might, might not go. Not anywhere. go. Yeah. I've got a sneaky feeling he'll stay at Dortmund. Yeah, so yeah. Do I actually. But I think. Yeah. I think Liverpool might have been told that as well. Yeah. Then they might sign him, and then everyone will look back on these podcasts in a year and yeah. go, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> I think Joe, Joe Bellingham is where. Attention, Job Bellingham. Yeah, yeah, yeah first yeah, they should go and sign his brother. Get ahead of the game yeah. and start, yeah. start yeah. focusing on Job. Has Harlan got a brother? He's got a dad, <laughs> he's got a, but, yeah, yeah. But, um, but no, um, 
<laughs> How does that make a difference to a human being? <laughs> I just another footballing member of the family. So You've got a brother, Donnie, we can decide, he's, Jamie. He's at Birmingham already in the first team, so he's gone down the same path as uh, Bellingham. He, well, he, he might not turn out as good, but... Whatever. Look, Liverpool, if you're listening and you're looking to replace Julian yeah. Ward, please don't bring in someone who um, just looks for siblings of good players. But <laughs> I can get why Carragher's frustrated though, because everyone's known the midfield is the problem area for Liverpool, and it just feels like they need one big player for that position. I don't necessarily agree with the idea that signing two or three good players is as good as signing Jude Bellingham just because of really have you not seen Liverpool play this season they do need other players but what I mean is Bersetic for example he's going to be taking more of a senior role next season so he's effectively he's 18, he's 18 years of age and he's played about I seven games I, I agree and I disagree games. because I think at the end of the day they, they, they need more bodies You can't. Mm. they can't go into the season with Bellingham and two others yeah. and they need English well homegrown ones as well yeah. maybe Curtis Jones gets more chances next season that's another play you could potentially have in there. Um, Harvey Elliott as well. So I think they have got the options in there already. But Bersetic being out injured, obviously people have forgotten about him a little bit. Mm-hmm. So he'll be someone else you can call upon next season. I think he's shown already he's got quality. He'll be in the first team on yeah. next season with the squad. So they do need a couple more players. But yeah, I, I do agree with Carrier in the sense that it's it's not reflecting well on the club. If, Sorry, Go on, carry on the sentence. I was happy you finished. No, I was just going to say because it's it just feels like that kind of player you can't afford to not be in the race to get them in and to sort of if you've got a chance, yeah, yeah. But to sort of make the stance clear of that, oh, we're not we're not in the race anymore. Having sort of made clear he was a priority target, I just think it look it just looks a bit strange the timing of it all. Really, the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I've got a question for everybody now. Here, oh. any people listening at home, you can answer this between yourselves. What kind of midfielder do Liverpool need more than most in the summer? More than most, Six. I would say a defensive Six. midfielder. Yeah, what do you say? I would say the sort of Henderson type. Of Henderson person. type, one that all the loads of people on Twitter are going to hate. Yeah, um, <laughs> box to box. Box to box. Oh, you've, you've just been awkward. I mean, just got, so we have basically it's a defensive exactly. midfielder, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, but a, they need yeah, three different but, types. Yeah. Is what we've but, just no, said. But, but then we've we, we agreed on a defensive <laughs> midfielder because I don't think they expected. We mentioned before Fabinho to drop off, so I don't think Bellingham has become. He's he's everything, isn't he? So Bellingham's you, so everything. So you think? I, I well, I disagree because I they can't this summer prioritize a replacement for Fabinho and still just have. Henderson, Thiago, with their injury records, and a lot of the young players. They well, they're going to, to, they to, to have, but they're going to sign two or three. Yeah, no, I know, I know they are. But if they, I, mean, but I, the point I don't. Is the priority is now for anything else is a defensive midfielder. And oh, the I thing dis- is disagree. Well, disagree. Well, no, you, again, have you not seen Liverpool play this season? Yeah, <laughs> I have, but but I think. I don't maybe maybe this is blind faith, but I think you could still get a tune out of Fabinho with it's better players, risk, no, I, better I, players I, I, around him. Uh, with a Bellingham next to me, talk, me talking now, I wouldn't be surprised if they sold Fabinho. I, I wouldn't. The only reason they, I don't think they'll sell Fabinho is because they can't afford to sell another midfielder. Well, that's true. Unless, uh, but then that comes back to who they get in. Yeah, I know. Well, talking about people who they get in, Kiefer, uh, Mason Mount is obviously one that we know that they like. It feels right now, probably of all the people that they're linked with, perhaps the most attainable, the most realistic. Um, a report today in The Athletic, which I thought was really interesting, saying that Chelsea, that, that their account period ends on June 30th, and to, to comply with FFP rules, they will need to sell players um, before that deadline. And they will need to sign... If they sell homegrown players, that is just... Under the UEFA rules, that is pure profit. Um, so, Mason Mount obviously makes sense. Um, do you think... That has had any way... Because Liverpool could move quickly, couldn't they, in theory, for Mason Mount now. They they could try and get that deal tied up, but it might cost them 50, 60 million. Do you think that that has influenced the Bellingham decision that they can go out there and get a player like him quite quickly? Well, as, as Dolly said, obviously before the Man City game, obviously Klopp kind of hinted that, you know, they, they obviously kind of made tracks in, in some regard, whether that was, you know, internal talks and setting up targets. And obviously Mount's been a name that's that's probably lingered for the last probably since the turn of the year and, and kind of with each passing week that, you know, he doesn't pen a contract at Chelsea, he kind of feels like you say more attainable and, and a more realistic option. And, 
he's probably someone who's obviously not at the, the heights Bellingham's hit yet, but he's certainly one who you would think, you know, on the face of it, you know, you'd, you'd thrive under a Klopp system. I think a lot of people have likened him to kind of, you know, a, a younger kind of Oxlade Chamberlain, a kind of that that kind of um, more advanced. Yeah, but I mean, in in the sense of like kind of when he came to 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 Liverpool, and obviously I know he wasn't, I know he came from Southampton, but he was kind of an Arsenal lad through and through for mm-hmm. the kind of the years he was there, and and uh, you know I think everyone realised that he kind of needed to take that next step and and maybe kick on and kind of similarly as well has played a number of different positions. You you wouldn't really know at this moment mm-hmm. in time what his best position is. Um, and and obviously, like I say, he obviously got a good attitude. He's won over a number of managers during his what five six years in the in the professional game. So, you know, I think it would be a, a really smart signing. But then obviously the thing goes to it, if it's, you know, if he's complemented by others, brilliant. But if he's a sole, you know, addition on his own, then I think it's it could be a harder sell to kind of the, the wider the fan base. And obviously that not not that's massively important as, as Dolly said, it's all about the trust in in the people in higher places and the working relationships there. You know, as long as, you know. There thriving and, and still doing well. I think I think that's the important thing. Obviously, with, with Julian Ward going, I think I know. And of course, he wrote a piece into earlier in the year. Said there's two lists, and obviously depending on kind of where they finish and what competitions they're playing in. And I think you know, as 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 long as now they're kind of there is some plan in place, you know, and they're starting to pursue targets because you know you can't get to the last game of the season the morning of the twenty eighth of May thinking, well, I still don't know which midfielders yeah, we, we fancy. So. Um, I think you know now you can probably write off the Champions League places. You know it would take a, a near miracle, um, but again it feels like someone so someone like Mount it might be an easier sell to say you know look you've witnessed what we've done over the last three or four years. It's a good project. I'm I'm, I'm sure he would you know as anyone would want to play on the clock. It's just now funny enough I think the, the curveball is is you know Frank Lampard and you know does he does he have an arm, put an arm around him and and and, and say you know yeah. look what could happen or what you could be and. Who knows? But I think with with Todd Bowley taking advice from James Gordon, I think <laughs> I don't think Liverpool have to, to worry too much about that. I don't think that surely at Chelsea that doesn't seem beyond Lampard that the appetite to to meet his demands and keep him does it. Um, I don't want to spend too long on this question, but I, I want it to aim it at all three of you. Is what then of the people that they've kind of been linked with are the the attainable people? Who'd be your ideal three? players that Liverpool would sign let's just say that they're going to get three midfielders I don't know that they're going to get three I just had that figure in my head should we go for Tom first or he's pointing at Tom so um, Jude Bellingham Joe Bellingham Mark Bellingham no no but you know obviously please don't throw Jude Bellingham in there because that's not the point of the question <laughs> I think McAllister would be quite a good one mm-hmm. um, hang on Gary McAllister. Gary McAllister. Yeah. <laughs> I do like Casado as well from Bryce, but it's just whether. I don't need to get both of them. Yeah, there, exactly. Think. I, I think Mount actually. The more I think about it, the more. First, I didn't think that would be a good signing, but I can see. I can see it might be a good fit over time. So I think Mount probably is one. Um, Callister is the second one, and then the third player. Mm. Barella potentially third player third player in Barella okay um, that's going to be expensive Tom it is yeah. 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 if you're still listening don't get him as your sporting director <laughs> Kiefer he's not he's not he's not bolstering his chances yeah he's not you failed this job plus you've written something in permanent mark on the whiteboard over yeah. there Tom so it's not going well Kiefer as, a, as an avid football manager player I've, I've made use of the free market here so um I've, I've, I'm split on which one I would take, but take Ruben Nevers is kind of a player I've, I've oh, always... I can't stand Ruben Nevers. <laughs> no, wait, wait, there's, a, there's an answer <laughs> or an all, sorry. Ruben Nevers is, 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 a, is, a, is a weird one. Obviously, Linda's had him at Porto as, mm. as, his, as his kind of in his academy days there. So I think he's a, a player who's another one you would have expected to maybe kick on and you know maybe make that jump. And he's maybe gone a bit stale as kind of the whole of the Wolves project has done in recent years. Um but I think he's been around for so long, hasn't he? You know, I think he was Porter captain when he was eighteen or something. Yeah, and just and obviously he's kind of constantly been linked with a move to Liverpool. And I think he's another one who could probably do a bit of everything. And I think if you know, if you're looking for a not a Swiss Army knife, but someone who can give you, you Portuguese know, Portuguese Army, <laughs> Portuguese man of war. <laughs> I think if you're just looking for someone who can <clears throat> offer quality in in different areas and, and also set pieces as, as yeah, well. Yeah. Will be another thing. Um, I, I don't know what your reaction is going to be to this one, Joe. Tielemans, I, I do oh, like Tielemans. <laughs> what do you want Liverpool to get relegated next <laughs> you season? Tielemans, I know. Let, but let him finish. 
Come on, finish, finish. Tielemans is, is another one. Who so, I think... this? so you've said Tielemans, Neves, and... Well, no, one, one of. One oh, of one of. Oh, one of. Okay, all right. Sorry, I thought that was two of your three then. One of the three lads, I think Tielemans for the same reasons, kind of, and he's... Obviously, pretty durable. Can, can play a few positions, and I feel like again, you know, probably again, probably like most of Leicester has failed to take that next step and again gone stale. So one of those, as I think, I think will be good. Obviously, there's a lad at Bristol, like Scott, who's been mentioned, but I, if he's coming in as a first choice, I think, I think that, you know, there's a lot of alarm bells. My dream one is Declan Rice, um, but a hundred kind of million, eighty million, it's, it's probably similar to Bellingham in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, I think he's got less than two years on his contract. So you know, is it one you go next summer or if West Ham get relegated? You know, could they pounce there? Um, and then as a as a as a third, I think I think Mount probably is is is, yeah. is the one. I think yeah. you know I think he, he gives you goals from midfield. As I say, he can again play a few <coughs> positions, but I think he's probably at that stage of his career where he wants to nail down something and, and be part of a long term project. And I think that you know certainly from a Liverpool point of view, I, I think it would be an exciting an exciting signing. And again, complimenting yeah. with, with those other lads, I think you know that's probably you know less than. You know, if you got say say two free lads and you know, or one of the free lads mount and whatever, you've still got sixty, seventy million left to play with. If, if you kind of taken that hundred thirty million, split that. And yeah, yeah, so and then obviously you can talk about strength in other areas, centre half yeah. and stuff like that. So the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Donny, I think you've got to bear in mind that they're probably at least I reckon two of them will have to be homegrown. Yeah, because of the players that are leaving, uh, and I know if Theo Skies was here today, yeah. he's not dead. He's just on holiday. Theo, you listen from where you come. Make a sign. Thank you, Harris. You three Yes, so he, he he'd make a big deal of that, and it, it's right because it is something that they're going to have to consider. And Bellingham would have ticked quite a lot of boxes. That's another mm. one that he would have done. Um, in terms of the. <sighs> In terms of what do you mean, realistic or ideal? Realistic. 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 Look, Mount and Rice are both bezies with each other, obviously. Um, and they're both about to enter the last year of their deal. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Now, six years ago, Liverpool signed Alex Oxley chamberlain from Arsenal for £35 million. It was in the last year of his deal. But it was also right towards the end of the transfer window, so they'd missed a couple of games. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at the pair of them are going to mm-hmm. cost... Between six, 50 and 60. I would imagine Chelsea yeah. would say we want 70 and Liverpool would say we'll give you 50 and they might split somewhere in the difference, something like that. But right on top of that again. But then we don't know how much Liverpool have to spend this yeah. summer. Let's just say for argument's sake it's 150. Yeah. Let's, and then any sales on top of that. So you're looking at buying two midfielders there for about 130 million, which is what one Bellingham would have cost. Mm-hmm. And that's the decision they're about to make which we've touched on before, which is another way of me just buying some time to yeah, decide yeah, on which yeah. player I want. So I think, I mean, I mean you look, Rice and Mount would be realistic, I think, because West Ham, I don't think they'll go down, but I do think there are <coughs> other teams that would want to take him. You look at it and you think Arsenal would want to bolt to their squad. Chelsea would probably where he would want to go back to, but that's and not going to be quite a lot. Well. Yeah, but they've got a million and one midfielders. Yeah, true. true you know, true. I, 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 I mean, you might want to go to United, but you got more chance of playing at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, them two, and but then I like the lad Casado, Brian. Yeah, I like Casado. So you're not going to get them and, um, sorry, him and Rice. I think all the players that they'll sign will be players of Premier League experience as well, yeah. so they can hit the ground running, which kind of excludes Barella. And also for him, he would cost too much, and he's possibly going to be playing at a Champions League final soon. Mm. You know what I mean? He might get a taste for that, but then he's got. <laughs> he'll want to be straight back into it we wouldn't blame him you know what I mean so he's used to that um, third one I wouldn't take Tielemans he can't run Neves Neves can barely run I mean of the players we've heard mentioned there's the lad at Nunes. Fulham Nunes I think is, Bellini, is kind yeah. of they've gone, yeah. they've gone I think they've gone a bit cold on, on Nunes yeah. um, the lad at Fulham but then the lad at Fulham he just signed in he last year yeah again he's somebody who would cost quite a bit of money People aren't gonna like me saying this next name, Conor Gallagher. If he's the third, I, I think Conor Gallagher's good as a third. If he's the third one, yeah. 
And he's very mad that he is quite a long way down the list. Mm-hmm. He ticks the box of being Premier League ready. He's, whether you like it or not, he's still played for Chelsea, which is a top club, and he's been playing in the Champions League, and he's played in all these competitions. Uh, he's an England national who played in the World Did he play in the World Cup? Did he get off he the bench? Play, yeah, yeah, but he went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he went, so he's obviously of a decent standard. And he wouldn't cost an absolute fortune because Chelsea are going to have to have this fire sale that's coming up pretty soon, yeah. and he'll be one of them. And he's English. And so... I think as well with, with Gallagher, sorry to interrupt earlier, but I think he's almost become a bit of a, not a mockery this year, but obviously he's quite an underwhelming name, but I think yeah. people forget how good he did at Palace last yeah, year. He, he was, was bright, really good, he? he? scored a lot of goals and, you know, I think, not that, not that he, obviously he was kind of a big fish in a small pond at Palace and he's kind of gone to the opposite of Chelsea, but I think the he says is he, is he comes in as like, you know, a third or fourth choice kind of thing and, he, you know, say the are in the Europa League and he's starting those games, I think, I think as well at Liverpool. Also, he's available in is terms it? of he doesn't get injured that often. And I think that's yeah. something that Liverpool are going to have to look at because it wasn't Oxley Chamberlain's fault that he got the bad injury. But, he, he, you know, he did recover from that. But yeah. then he suffered another couple of couple of years later. Cater, I'm going to ask you now, Joe, are you still worried about Navi Cater as it's been going on for five years? Yeah, yeah well, yeah. he yeah. obviously <clears> didn't, that didn't quite work out as expected. I was right to be worried. You were right. I was to right to be right worried. You were right. Um, so I think availability, durability... They've not really had that since Juan Alden. No, but think no. about Juan Alden, he was always fit. And of course, the minute he left, he got injured straight <laughs> yeah. away. But he's back playing, yeah. playing, playing yeah. for Roma in the cup final of the Europa League, which is what Liverpool will be in next season, probably. Well, my, my three would be, would be Saicedo, Caicedo. You said it. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, like him, uh, Mason Mouth. And then I think, yeah, a Gallagher or Alex Scott. Who, when Liverpool were first linked, I thought was the women's international. No, retired. that's not. That's uh, yeah, it's, it's a, he plays for Bristol City. I mean, Bristol, they, yeah. they want twenty-five million, and Liverpool have no. He's a, you know aware of it. We've had a look at yeah. it. But he's again. It's one of those ones where, if you're Chelsea, who spent thirty million pounds on the lad from Aston Villa and then never play him. Yeah. Yeah. United, who famously, I say famously, and I can't remember his name, the guy from Serbia years ago. Was it Tosic or have I just made that up? Serbia years ago. Yeah, it was years ago, they signed for about seventeen million yeah. pounds, and then he never played. Lalic, no, Adam Lalic, wasn't it? Yeah, no, he was in Fiorentina. Whoever he was, that people know. Um, but Liverpool can't afford to do that this summer. So but that's no, why I, think it depends. I saw some people saying that because I've written the piece saying, "Look, they've got to sign a load of midfielders this summer." <clears> it costs probably pounds as a Gallagher. Well, exactly. But he's not played. Mm-hmm. So they can't take. They, they haven't got the money or the availability at the moment to take the risk on that. Whereas other teams will. I think that's what puts me off Casado a bit. Just a, a slight bit. Obviously, the kind of the money that was mentioned in January with with the Arsenal deal. I think. Sat, didn't he sign a new deal? He, he did. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be very shocked. It is no release clause. No really but yeah. I mean, just imagine it's you know take twenty million off yeah. that. It, it still is. It's still a hell of a lot of, a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. If you, you know, if you think he's what is it his well, second well, season in the Premier. But, but I think with Bellingham, it's not just. The, the the initial fee is it? It's agent fees. It's yeah. wages. It's it's all the other things that that all the other clubs in for will drive up. Surely with a Caicedo, you're not looking at yeah. all those other big fees. And if you pay Lattico, so 70, 60, 70 million for him, you're not paying much more. Tom, you're puzzled. Well, I was saying everyone keeps talking about Bellingham costing like hundred excess of hundred million. Yes. But you wouldn't pay that all in one go, would you? That's the thing. No, yeah, but that's no, the same no. for all of the you, transfers. So yeah, and it's exactly yeah. you carry that across. Just, just, just do our chance. That's what I mean. It, it wouldn't be like the way it's being sort of talked about now. It's like no. Liverpool be spending hundreds of millions. Yeah, but that's the same for every other club. So, it's it's so they all they all balance each other out on that one. So if Liverpool make fifty million in the summer, they might not see forty five for the next yeah. ten years. Yeah. It's all relative, isn't it? Yeah. It's, um, Come on, Tony. This, this, you're not replacing Julian Ward, are you? Let's no, that's what no, we've learned from this podcast. You've you failed this job interview miserably, Tony. <laughs> but, but no, no. But not my point is, everyone is seeing it as like Liverpool are about to blow oh, no, 150 million, but it wouldn't be the case. Like, it's, it's, be. I think they've got to commit that money, though, haven't they? And I think that, that's what they're wary of. But, but I, you know, I agree, and I think. I, I you know, we totally said at the start, I, I don't agree with what's happened this week. I, I, I'm pretty annoyed with Liverpool. I think they. You know, I think Carragher in his column pretty much nailed exactly what I would say about it, which is they are acting like certain things this year have come as a, as a surprise. I don't understand. And I, I've got the utmost respect for Klopp and for the people who work there. They've got all the transfers right. And I don't want, you know, I don't really like questioning them because every time we've questioned them, they always prove us wrong. They've won things and I think they've done incredibly well to compete with, with oil state clubs like City. But this was something that they clearly had planned and it, it hasn't worked and I think it's okay to criticise when things don't work and I think 
fans fans are right to be upset because even Klopp Klopp spoken openly about how much he likes Bellingham. He said that thing, didn't he? The only problem with Bellingham is he's unavailable to buy it at one stage. And um, if they, I think Liverpool could have shut this down quicker yeah. um, if they'd wanted to, and I think they probably should have done. Um, but I think we were all, and we're as guilty as this as anyone, we were all in love with the idea of Liverpool signing Bellingham because he seemed to fit quite nicely. But um, something has gone wrong and it, it, it leaves a, it leaves a sour taste. Do you not think that they loved it? They, you know, when they beat United 7-0, they'd go five games unbeaten and they were right up there. P- perhaps, but I still don't believe... Bournemouth and went, oh, right, we've got no chance <laughs> but, 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 here. <laughs> that, 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 again, that has nothing to do with it. But it is, because, it's got everything to do no, with but it. But it doesn't, because it does. this goes back... This is a, these are errors that go back, I think... Two or three years. They need a midfielder when they sold Van Alden, and and I know they bought Thiago, but they need the midfielder anyway because the players they bought are always injured. And 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 I always remember Klopp going last summer. Oh, what you tell me? What type of midfielder we need? And he rattled off all these midfielders who get injured all the time. And I was screaming at them, thinking the one midfielder you need is someone who is reliable and, yeah. and is fit. Van Alden was that, and they haven't had that for years. And then they've struggled this year. They. I, I still think they'd have done better last year and they could have won the title last year if they didn't have that spell over Christmas where they were they, they lost Thiago points yeah Thiago yeah. got injured because midfielders got injured again at crucial times and I think I think it's poor planning I think they should have known they should have seen this coming they I think Klopp is very loyal it's a great strength of his but also he's loyal to players that sometimes I think other managers like Alex Ferguson like Mourinho like Pep are more ruthless with but they can afford to be they, they can afford to be but Liverpool, Liverpool being, aren't, not they're not, it. no, but they're they, not total they took, paupers. They, took, yeah, they, 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 could took, sold, they took, they could have sold some of the players that they haven't sold. They wanted to sign Tremaini. Yeah. They identified him as the yeah. midfielder that could improve them last summer. They couldn't get him. Then, as far as I'm concerned, they took the decision and went, right, well, we don't have to sell Cage and Oxlade-Chamberlain yeah. We know they get injured, but surely they can muddle through between them. And then by the end that's of the... That's a poor decision. That's a poor decision. Yeah, hang on. And then that's the gamble that they took. And by the end of the transfer window, Oxlade-Chamberlain got injured, Cater got injured, Thiago got injured, and Curtis Jones had got and injured. And Henderson. Yeah. And Henderson had got injured, which is why they then had to bring in Arthur Bell, who then got injured. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, so, you know... You <laughs> There's a panic. Every, yeah, every so, single so, player in that so, list. But, not, but then, get on, top, hang on, but on top of that, then you have Fabinho, who suddenly goes really rubbish. And suddenly you go, hang on, we've just lost seven players here. Was it seven or six? Well, either way, it's a lot of midfielders. Milner is old. Yeah. Yeah. And he ended up starting the second game, yeah. the second or third he game of the season against, against, yeah. against uh, United. Played against Napoli, looked about a thousand years old. He's done well when he's coming off the bench and he's done well like Man City when he played right back. Yeah. He's still be able to do a job, but he's not someone you build a midfield around I mean, or rely on. Because he's... Cause he's but then he knows that anyway it's, it's all, that's all that absolutely anyway. valid but every midfielder you've just listed regularly picks up injuries and Liverpool know that because they've picked up injuries yeah, but for the past two or three years that, even have, Arthur Mello who they signed and they, they didn't really need him all they my were point is yeah, they do pick player. up injuries but they all got injured at the same no, time I know, I know they did but also let's not forget and then some of the other that guys. happened to Liverpool two years ago with centre-halves yeah. it's happened before how did they not how did somebody not say you know, we need to keep this midfield fresh. The they all got injured. And no, 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 no. What, what, what did they do? They, they brought in two centre-backs. So they didn't play. Which yeah. one didn't play and the other one then got injured. But the, and then straight away at the end of the season, they brought a centre-back. I, I know, but the argument there is they should have signed a centre-back the summer when prior Lovren to left. that, when Lovren left. But the and, thing is, like, they, but he thought Fabinho could play there. I know, and but he thought the, wrong, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I don't mean that. Yeah, exactly. But the bigger picture I think of that last year Then he got injured. <laughs> but then Anderson got injured. <laughs> I, I injuries, injuries are no excuse. I'm sorry, but they're no excuse. Being, <laughs> being available is a, is a is a key thing that good players should have. Okay, they should, okay, they should okay, be available. Okay, but then again, me as, hang on, me as a person, it's finished. That's gone. Bye. I know, let's, look, let's, let, let's, that, let's now look at what they're going to do next. But that's the thing. No, that I know, but you, you can still feel emotions, don't yeah. you? can still be upset. It's you know a game. You but lose a game, and it's gone. But you can still. I think that's where the judgment for this year, though, is obviously that's that's what I want to say about trust. And so I know what Dolly says about trust being like internal, being the bigger thing. But obviously, last year, obviously when they missed out on two or many, and obviously, yeah, they as, as he Dolly says, you know, didn't expect everyone to get injured at once. But the fact that they can go from you know getting two or many was you know. 90 million quid yeah. to then go into no one obviously I know Arthur Miller came in but originally if everyone is safe it to go into no one is like well I don't know how Klopp can sit there and say identify him and then six weeks later say well we've got everyone we want 
you know, in terms of qualities and because and, and, Fabinho and Henderson have gone backwards far quicker than they were expecting. I know, so but I've added another player onto it, and they then didn't call up. But I think that, I think the signs, I but, but don't you think that the Fabinho and Henderson going backwards are also a consequence of around them being all the players around them being constantly injured, Liverpool suffering in other areas. This is why I still think Fabinho might come through and be better next year because. It's no wonder Liverpool have played badly this year because injuries have cons- consistently disrupted the way they play. And once you get into bad form, it can sometimes be hard to get out of it. And, and I don't mean that means doesn't mean that some of these are bad players. Don't forget that the, they pick up, don't, don't they? When you pick up players around the midfield, one of the main centre backs was injured at the start exactly, of the season. Yeah, yeah. The other one got injured at the start of this year. Forwards of all yeah, all the forwards. There's only Salah who's not been injured. Yeah, really. Firmino was out, wasn't he? Straight after the World Cup. That's one of Salah's greatest strengths, though, isn't he? Doesn't get injured. And that, that's why I think Liverpool have let themselves down. They've, they've put their faith in people who get injured a lot. You know, I don't, I don't think they should have ever signed Thiago. I, I always think, you know, he was a luxury that they... they it was an itchy scratch. Yeah, yeah was, I get yeah. that, but I still think they could have signed someone younger, someone more reliable, and, and I still think he's a, he's a wonderful footballer. But are Liverpool a better team? Were they a better team with Thiago in it than they were with Wijnaldum? Never no. in my book, never. And it's also it's so it's so hard, isn't it? Because obviously when he when he comes on the other day against Arsenal, he's you know he's brilliant and you you see the best yeah, of him. But it's so hard to plan. How can you plan for a player who plays? You know, is available for sixty percent of the season. It's the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, it's it, and that, that that's the thing. That's what I think Liverpool's failure has been and whether that's manager transfer committee or whatever whatever it might be and I'm not a person who thinks I don't really want Liverpool's owners to change I don't think but I don't want Liverpool to be this massive spending club I like the way they've, they've gone about their business and and I wouldn't you know Man City have had great fun I know they have but they will always have that thing they'll always have that thing behind them that says yeah, but your owners and and I wouldn't want that. And hanging that's why we all want Arsenal to win the league, isn't it? Yeah. Don't well, no, 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 I want Manchester to win the league. I'm a total hypocrite. Sorry. Let's look, look. I, you know, we promised Tommy we can go an hour early today, so um, we we are. We, I'll, I'll cross a couple of my questions off the list, which was. Um, which is about linesmen and elbows, which um, is quite strange. But we'll quickly, quickly... <laughs> that was pick... weird, like. Yeah, it was weird, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big fella. Yeah. And, and we, what it's, we found out was is probably that... a bit too small for him. Yeah, one size yeah. bigger. Left the coat hanger in. Yeah. <laughs> what we found out is that big, muscly linesmen are allowed to elbow players, but players <laughs> must not touch <laughs> officials. But anyway, um, let's move on. Let's quickly pick our teams for... Like, haven't they got a game on? It's Leeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Season's not finished yet. Another nine games to go. So, Leeds United... Are you playing in goal, Doily? Uh, well, Alisson obviously missed. missed he missed. Yeah. He missed uh, a couple of sessions. So I hope they're hoping he'll be back in today. What day is it? Friday. So and they don't play till Monday anyway. Yeah, Alisson's in goal, yeah. and also the rest of the defence will be Trent, Van Dijk, Canati, and Robertson. Yep. Tom, any any issues with that? Um, well, oh god, <laughs> come on! It's always <laughs> got issues. <laughs> what about Trent's position then? What style is that gonna? Right back. But he, but he played right back and still they, they moved him yeah, into that position he's still playing right part back, of playing right back if that makes sense yeah. also he won't do that against Leeds it's up to you it's your team Tom yeah. don't, you know you, you failed the yeah. job you failed the the, um, the, <laughs> the sporting director job <laughs> you might get the manager's job Tom come on Pitaloo going on <laughs> Alisson uh, it's the same back line <laughs> <Okay, laughs> watch, watch your midfield Tom no, 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 Keeper's got to be Okay, sorry. So, sorry. Surprise, surprise, same as you were, yeah, same okay. as you were, lads. What's your midfield, Tom? I was going to do it like that. Go to him first. Go, 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 we'll do it that way. Uh, well, I think it's either going to be Fabinho or Henderson in the defensive midfield. They're not going to play the pair of them. I think it'll be probably Fabinho, Thiago on the left, and Elliot on the right. Tom? I think it's going to be Fabinho, Thiago, and... This I'd, is what I think it's going to be, by the way. This is your team, Tom. Mm-hmm. I want to know your team. I, I'd be tempted to give... Uh, I know we've given a bit of criticism in the past, but you played quite well on Sunday. Curtis you're Jones. Sell out. You're a sellout, <laughs> Tom. You're a sellout, Kiefer. Yeah, I'll just say his name is Doily. Um, bring Elliot back in. Um, obviously played a lot of football this season. Obviously missed, missed a game at Chelsea, didn't he? Um, but, yeah, Thiago, you know, come on on Sunday, done well. Yeah. You know, obviously, for all his injury problems, he is probably Liverpool's, pet, well, he is Liverpool's best midfielder at the moment so you know get him straight in there it's going to be a chaotic game you'd imagine with Leeds end to end so try and get a bit of control in there I don't you know you'd hope and, and kind of see out the opening 20 minutes and then kind of kick on from there and let your quality shine through 
Cool. Well, I'd probably go the same as Phil G. Tom. I thought Curtis Jones played well the other day. He did, but um, I do think that Elliot's time to come back in. Okay, well, that's fine. That's your midfield. <laughs> um, right, your attack. Uh, right, it's difficult. Well, Salah's on the right, mm-hmm. and then it's going to be two of Nunes, Gakpo, and Jota. Mm-hmm. Diaz isn't going to start. I mean, did all right when he came on the other day. He did. Mm-hmm. I'd forgotten about him. Um, <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's I'm looking at the left wing, and I'm thinking Jota gives you a lot of work rate, but Nunes is a bit of a lunatic, which I quite like. Um, mm-hmm. But then Nunes you could play. Then you could play. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. It's mm. going to be one of those games, mm. but then you need someone to. Can Thiago, has he got the legs at the moment to help cover Andy Robertson mm. on that side? So, I mean, Leeds conceded five goals against Crystal Palace, didn't they, the other day? Admittedly, Norma Solden were on the counter attack in the second yeah, half. Leeds, and Leeds like, played really well yeah, in the first half. Yeah. So it's a bit of an odd game, though. I'm not quite sure how that ended up 5 1. Roy Hodgson effect, what yeah, a guy. Yeah. Um, famed for his attacking football. Um, so I think I will go. Nunes and I'll go Salah. Nunes on the left, Salah on the right, and you've talked me into putting Firmino up front. Yeah, Tom. Um, Salah on the right, Nunes on the left. Thinking he should come back in, and then Leeds wanted to sign Gakpo so they can get a closer look at him up front. Good man, Kiefer. Uh, I'm going Firmino. Um, yeah. Well, not, not his own. I'd go Salah, Firmino, and Nunes. Obviously, Diaz isn't going to start after near six months out and and kind of for the same reason as Thiago I thought Firmino brought control on yeah, on, uh, yeah. on Sunday against Arsenal so you know put yeah. him straight back in obviously Gakpo's played a lot of football probably more than he yeah. would have envisioned since he comes so you know still a strong front three isn't it yeah I, I was very tempted for Firmino because I think he did play well the other day and like you I think he would bring a bit of control but I just want them to settle on a forward line yeah. and play it a little bit and I, and I like the forward line so, so you've, you've t- you taught me into picking for me and then you're not <laughs> yeah, picking yeah, yourself yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm agreeing with Tom again who's got the manager yes. job well done Tom so um, <laughs> quickly your, your yeah, 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 yeah. so um, anyway can uh, I be the owner score prediction please don't oh it'll be a complete waste of time two all two no, all. no use to either team that's not like you 3-1 to Liverpool. 3-1 to Liverpool. 3-1, have you seen them play? <laughs> 2-0. Crystal Palace to Liverpool. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> what do you I, think, Joseph? I think Liverpool will win this one. I, I think Leeds might... Leeds did beat Liverpool, uh, they, did, they did, they did. But Which I think, was, and Liverpool, was terrible. Yeah, it was really bad, really, really bad. Really bad. But, um, yeah, just, I feel like Leeds' confidence might have taken a bit of a hit last week at, at Palace. They'll be up for and it. I was, I was, They'll be up for it. Enthused by the way that they conceded goals because it was... You know, like for Liverpool, was, I, I thought it was seems to be so easy for Palace. They, they were just sort of playing one or two passes forward, and they were in behind. So, which teams do to Liverpool regularly? So, yeah, two two is probably right. <laughs> and on that note, we will leave it and probably talk about Jude Bellingham on Monday, no, Tuesday, because we'll be talking about the game maybe for two minutes at the end after Bellingham. See you then. So. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.